Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. My name is Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left today is Phil Davidson from the Mid-America Carpenters Regional Council, MACRC, as we like to say. Amen to that. Good morning. How's it going? Real well. Good to be back. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming in and filling in for Ed. I think Ed is, um, I think he's in like Dolly Parton world. Yeah, he's a Dolly guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not Salvador Dolly, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yes. You know what? People can make fun of her all she wants, and I'm not a big country fan or whatever kind of music she sings, but she gives a ton of money back to the community. Like, she's very, very altruistic. She's a legend. She's one of the very few people that seems as universally adored, no matter what your background is, what your political persuasion is. Everyone loves Dolly. Yeah, Yeah. especially Ed. Especially Ed. (laughs) So have fun, His annual patronage to Dolly. Yeah. So we got we have a, 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 a an enormous show for you today. Um, obviously, big news is the Screen Actors Guild, uh, AFTRA, is now uh, officially on strike. So uh, we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about it towards the end of the show so we can devote some time to it. Um, and then we have a, a great guest, a business representative from the International Association of Machinists, uh, Lodge 126, which is Ryan Kelly right here in Chicago. Super interesting dude. Um so we'll have him on in, in a second. But I wanted to touch on a couple of just like quick uh, quick items that I think are, are the, the kind of piqued my interest, Phil. Um, you know the Museum of Science and Industry? I'm familiar, yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. lately, um, and we've talked about it a few times, a bunch of the museums in Chicagoland have been organizing. Organizing, right. Right? And you would think, you know, museums, you know, it just... It just never seemed to me to be a place that would be ripe for organizing. But I think what we've seen recently is that um, a lot of industries that you didn't think would be ripe for organizing right. are, are, you know, people are organizing. They're also right? probably one of the few downtown Chicago institutions that aren't unionized, right? When you think about all the stadiums, when you think about the hotels. Yeah. Like, most of those workers... Are union. Are union. So... It's a good point. Yeah. It's about time. It is about time. Yeah. And by the way, you know, we were talking earlier... It's not cheap going to the Museum of Science Industry. No. Right? It seems to be getting more expensive, and you got to pay extra, and it kind of nickel and dime a little bit, I think. Um, and, and so it, it appears like the workers weren't keeping up. Um, and, and they voted overwhelmingly to join, so that just happened. I think there are 140 uh, uh, people in the bargaining unit there. But what do you think the Museum of Science, Science and Industry did in, in reaction to this organizing drive? <laughs> Did they not embrace them with open arms? <laughs> they did not. <laughs> oh no! It's a muse- you know, it's a museum for Christ's sakes, you know, and you know, of science and industry, like industry, industry, you know? yeah, yeah right? the, which the, the labor it, movement built. Yeah, you would think, right? And so, you know, I, I just, I just got a kick out of it. I, I read about it this morning, and the museum, uh, museum of science and industry, right here in Chicago, tried to sway their employees to to vote no, and they put out a website called informedchoice.msichicago.org. So, like, or, isn't an org like a not-for-profit? So yes. Not-for-profit not union busting. Not-for-profit union busting. All right. Yeah. So if any of our listeners want to see, and, and one day we're going to devote a, you know, a, a couple of shows to union busting and, and what it is and why it's the worst thing in the world, but you want to see an actual you know, real-life example of it, go to that website, Informed Choice, and you can see the Museum of Science and Industry 
literally union busting and you could see all the the rhetoric that they, they posted all their rhetoric and it was just uh i don't know if you're going to union bust you should pay taxes no no nonprofit status i think that's exactly yeah. right, yeah. right? if, you, if you're going to spend money on like i mean who donations right aren't, aren't they're not for profit so they make their money from donations and grants i'm sure mm-hmm. and things like that but yet they're going to spend money on union busting yeah uh, that's just once again our laws are just ridiculously antiquated um also informed choice I don't know. Seems like it's delving into reproductive a little bit. I don't know. I would oh. stay away from that. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, like it yeah. seems, Poor, seems, poorly seems, a little, worded. seems a little much yeah, for your worded. campaign. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so so there's that. I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, um, Illinois passed, um, what did they do? Is it a Rebuild Illinois program? Rebuild Illinois. And how much was it? Forty billion dollars over six years I mean, that in is infrastructure. Judging, <laughs> yeah. Are you listening? Building trades, yeah. Forty billion dollars in infrastructure, and and that's roads, bridges, waterways, rail. I mean, you name it. I think even pedestrian. It's going to cover bike lanes. All one hundred and two counties of Illinois put a hell of a lot of people to work. Yeah, it's amazing. I yeah, mean, you know, and kudos to them for doing it. We, yep. And and look, if you're driving around Illinois. You know that the roads and bridges need fixing. I mean, it just it is what it is. Oh like, my god, they're, they're yeah. terrible. Yeah, right. So it's fantastic that they do it. And then, of course, we have on the national level, we have the uh, the the Biden's um, bipartisan infrastructure bill. But here's a wrinkle. I thought you you might find interesting, Phil. There there's a uh, a I don't know what a congressman, uh, I think a House rep out of Kentucky named Thomas Massey, and he's I think, he I think he's to, a big Freedom Caucus guy. Yeah. So? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. So he's trying to uh, convince, I, I don't know, he's, whatever his agenda is, something to do with the debt ceiling. Um, but he puts this poison pill in, into some law that says if they don't pass the debt ceiling, you know, or, or do a, pass an appropriations bill, that they're going to peel back pieces of the bipartisan infrastructure bill. And I just th- thought, like, what, what is the matter with you? Like, yeah. you, it's, it's bipartisan. It's extremely popular. It's going to put, you know, hundreds of thousands of people to work and hundreds and tens of millions of do- a bazillion dollars into the economy. And replace and bridges, some of which are falling, 90 years old. Yeah, falling down, <laughs> yeah. Right? right? And so this guy, this guy from Kentucky wants to, you know, peel back a bunch of that uh, and take that money back. And I don't know, where is it going to go? Back into the coffers? I don't know. But he's from Kentucky. And I just found that interesting because what's Kentucky? Oh, I don't know. The sixth poorest country in, in the state <laughs> yeah. or in the United States. They're certainly not a donor state no, when it comes to taxes. No. And they could certainly use the money and the jobs. So yeah. I just thought that was pretty short-sighted. So shame on you. Did, did he say what his reasoning was? Oh, he wants a debt ceiling package oh to, the debt you know, ceiling blah, blah, of blah. course yes so of course they want to hold that hostage the precious debt ceiling <laughs> yeah but hold it hostage that's was been something broken a yeah, hundred times in the last zillion years and yeah. so but it's, you know but he's going to hold something hostage that is just po- such a positive for america like figure something else out yeah hold hostage yeah. you know what I, you know what i mean right it's just a, it's just really short-sighted and you know shame on you so and i don't think it's going to happen so good luck with that um so listen, uh, like I said, we uh, we're going to come back and uh, we're going to have Ryan Kelly from the machine. Can't wait! Yeah, super good guy. Um, we'll be right back with the workers' mic right here on seven twenty WGN. You're listening to the workers' mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Phil. And we are happy to have today with us Mr. Ryan Kelly from the International Association of Machinists, Lodge 126. Ryan, welcome. Hey, guys. Welcome. Great to be on. Yeah, thanks for coming down. Good we morning. appreciate it. So you are, tell us a, a little bit about yourself. You are business representative? Yeah, I'm a business representative of our uh, District 8 here in Illinois. Okay. Um, I handle business in uh, a couple different IAM locals, uh, mainly Local 126 here in Chicagoland. We represent uh, a lot of public sector workers. Uh, I also do private sector workers as well. So explain, like, in, in broad brush, what is a, what is a machinist? What is a machinist? Um, we're pretty diverse uh, as a union. I mean, we have a lot of different uh, types of employees. So we have people that work in the building trades. We have people that work uh, on vehicles. We have people that work in manufacturing. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of covered industries. There's even um, attorneys in Will County that are represented by the machinist union. No, no way. And you guys were just talking about museum workers. Yeah. Um, recently, the uh, it's under construction, the National Museum of Public Housing. Uh, those folks elected to have um, machinist representation, so I'm representing that where's, group where's as that? well. Uh, it's right over in West Loop, so it's. Did in they the, put on an anti-union campaign? Uh, well, they haven't got there yet, okay. so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> we'll see. Find it. out. So far, yeah. it's been civil, and uh-huh. uh, we're, we're just getting to that first contract. Those first discussions coming up here in August, and uh, great committee down there. And I give them a shout out because uh, they got their things together and they decided. How many? How many people? Uh, right now, it's just three okay. um, because the place is being. It's actually under construction. It's not even open to the public yet. Got so it. that's a new upcoming uh, museum to come see in Chicago here, folks. So how much are they? Gonna charge we don't know yet uh, hopefully we get the the wage discussion out of the way first before the, before the prices the are set museum. Yeah. There we go. Yep. so and the machinists also are uh known for uh, the airline industry right? absolutely yeah you absolutely. guys have what uh, seven hundred thousand nationwide members? uh six hundred thousand and uh we Whoa. have a, i don't know the exact percentage uh that's in airlines but we are one of the largest if not the largest airline uh unions that's out there and what do they do uh, what do the machinists do for the airlines oh wow lots of different stuff i mean we represent uh airline mechanics uh flight attendants in certain it depending on which employer it is yep. uh, it could be the flight attendants it could be if you fly southwest the customer service agent at the desk uh, that's a machinist union member um uh people that build and also support so there's folks that build um air air uh aerospace systems they build uh uh, the boeing airplanes they build the parts to build those airplanes um the whole the whole industry is pretty much integrated in one way or another with our union so so you know you hear the word machinist and you know, it has different connotations, I think, for different people, but it is a extremely skilled trade, correct? Very precise. Yeah, I mean, super precise. Like, you have to know exactly what you're doing. Like, you, like Ryan was telling me earlier, Phil, yeah. that um, they, his guys uh, fix the, or, or take care of and fix the mechanics under the bridges that go up and down here in the loop. Right. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you call it? Yeah. Right out this window, uh, the 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 fine, awesome guys down at CDOT, uh, uh-huh. Chicago Department of Transportation, the they work on the bascule bridges that are right out the window here, and um, the gear sets that make those go up and down, alongside with other tr- other great tra- crafts here in the city, including so, the millwrights, including the, the millwrights from the carpenters. Right. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Precision and, work. I mean, but yeah, you really have to know what you're doing, right? Absolutely. I assume there's a ton of safety um, safety training that goes into that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, 
how long have you been with uh, the machinists? Um, I became a member in 2013, okay. um, and I've been a business representative since October. I'm sorry, May first, May Day of uh, nice. 2017. Yep. So you are, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? 39. 39. So you're one of the younger labor leaders in Chicago. That's what I'm told. <laughs> no, that, that is true. And so, and here at the opposite end. Yeah, th- thanks. <laughs> trust, trust me, I'm not, I'm not a labor leader, but I'm old. Yeah. Um, but what do you what do you think, Ryan? I mean, do you, what, do you think that uh, you think you bring a different perspective to, to labor? Um, you know, what, what do you feel about? It? I know you you negotiate closely with other building trades, especially for the city contracts and and things like that. I mean, what, what's your perspective on that? Well. If you're asking, like, what, like the landscape? Yeah, um, just like, what do you think, like, you know, you are literally, you're still in your 30s, actually, and a lot of these, you know, a lot of the labor leaders here in Chicagoland are older, mm-hmm. right? It just is what it is. Well, I think, um, I, it, it's like an interesting question. I mean, it's like, I think for all of us, there's always like a time and a place where we're going to, we're going to make an impact and make a difference and do all that stuff. And there's such a great pass down of knowledge here in Chicago and like, <laughs> mentorship i mean i didn't come in with all sorts of great ideas i had a lot of great like leaders around me in different coalitions that were able to pass down knowledge from every union in the city i mean like folks are just really accommodating and um and you're starting to see like as what, what kind of workers that are coming up in and are unionizing and things like that i mean i'm an elder millennial I've been through like recessions. An an older millennial. September 11th happened when I was a senior in high school. And then it's just like a few years later, you got the the Great Recession and then you got all this different stuff. So um, what workers are looking for in a union um, uh, is evolving. But I think especially here in Chicagoland, um, it's it's evolving with it and um, the the movement's with it. So It's, it's a good point. I think you do need that balance of having you know a a younger perspective but at the same time it it just takes years and years and years of experience to become an effective union leader you know it's like you're not you don't come out of the box like that no you have to learn so much about the trade about contract negotiations so like you you see why yeah yeah. you can come out of the box as a a management lawyer just by saying this word no right (laughs) pretty simple right you go to law school i get paid a million dollars a year and i can go no nope right yeah no thank you you know whatever but yeah you're right there's there's an amazing amount of institutional knowledge here in chicagoland and quite frankly in the labor movement in general but i think I've, i've always thought of you ryan as like oh here's a guy he's younger you know he, he's progressive he's aggressive you know everything that you and i have, have always talked about is like you know let's push the envelope like yep. you know make them make us stop and i you know i think that's a, a really positive thing it's really i mean anything's possible and, and to your point there's absolutely yeah. so there's you know folks there's no uh there's no degree or school you can go to on on organizing people and and improving people's lives it's really you just got to get in there and just start doing it and the cool thing about the labor movement is everybody can have a piece of that you know it's not one person making decisions and 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 rationale there's a lot of uh group discussion and a lot of collaboration and incredible amount of collaboration between organizations and it's just uh it's it's really something so, and it's also so let's let's stick on that point because it actually ties back to something that 
this this um, Museum of Science and Industry tried to scare their people with that unions are not you know the, the union boss is going to tell you what you get and you can't have any say in it whatsoever and you're going to get what the union tells you you're going to get and that's it whereas I think the actual reality of the situation is unions are the most democratic institutions in the country absolutely right? I mean your members vote on contracts yes of course right and, and do and, they tell you what they want to see in a contract always and you work for them not vice versa mm-hmm. that's correct right? and, and and it's one of those things where you know we have to gather uh, gather intel and take you know rough ideas and, and really refine them into something that can ultimately be passed to a passed across the table in a, an official proceeding to yeah. a company attorney or, or, or their representatives or however they're structured their committees are structured and um, and in EJP you know educate justify and persuade on why these workers need these things and then keep hammered at home and then also have your own bottom line it's the best thing about being in a labor union if you're in one and if you've made the choice to activate your rights under the national labor relations act is you've now given yourself a seat at the table so you can even engage in that discussion otherwise you're not in that discussion right so when the the employers talk about you know uh, autonomy and we don't want a uh, outside third party and i was called you know, i've been called an interloper before yeah. <laughs> you know, so i had to look that up i'm, I'm, I'm still not sure other things yeah. yeah well yeah for sure <laughs> but i mean it's always funny that like, we don't need an outside third party to deal directly with our employees we'll deal with them directly and yeah. the, dealing with them directly is like we're going to cut your hours and lower your pay and take away your health insurance and your pension yeah. that's dealing directly Ta-da! with them yeah congratulations yeah. Yeah. so you know you, you you make a good point which is you, you come to the table, you even you even up the playing field, right? Absolutely, and, and that's the name of the game. Have a say at work, and for you know for all the nonsense I hear about, well, the union boss is going to tell you what to do, and they're going to cut some sweetheart deal, you know, in the hallway or behind your back. That's not accurate. No, no, not at all. Not not even it's. I mean, I find it humorous because every so often there will be a. Um, you know, a movie that comes along that portrays like maybe the old uh, things that have gone on in the 50s and the 60s sure. and, and different things like that. And it's like it's so drastically different. It's 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 laughable in, in a lot of ways because it's like that. Those aren't the things that are going on. What's going on is a, is a massive amount of collaboration. There's a lot of uh, organizations working together and. And, and and you know it's a lot of it's a handful of really great people that are that are you know on behalf of millions of workers actually around here yeah. you know doing that work and late night phone calls and time away from our families and everything oh, else that's, I, I, that's associated yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. and you know and, and God bless you you're doing like literally I always say like people that are doing this and you know social workers and teachers and special ed you know and we had teachers on a few months ago and, you know like they're doing God's work I mean this is not an easy job Ryan I know that I've picked up the phone and called you at ten o'clock at night and you answer the phone. Yep. I've called you at 6 o'clock in the morning. You answer the phone. Always. Right? Like you, you literally, you know, you have to. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's it's not a job. That's, it's not a nine-to-five job. Well, I'm, I'm minimum 60 hours a week, just on the record. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if your boss is listening. <laughs> yeah. Every, every, and you're worth every bit of it, by exactly. the way, whatever you get paid. So listen, we're going to, we're going to uh, take a quick break here. Um, Ryan, will you stick around? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate it. I want to talk to you about a, a strike that the machine has had recently. Um, so we'll be right back uh, on the workers' mic right here on 720 WGN. You're listening to the workers' mic powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. And sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mic right here on 720 WGN. I'm Ken. Sitting next to me is Phil. We're still here with Ryan Kelly. Ryan, thanks for sticking around. No problem, buddy. Yeah. Um, by the way, you, I, I understand you have a 
some musical talent. Uh, I've been known to play guitar here. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me just ask you really quick. Um, Slayer or Pantera? Ooh, that's rough. Man. I know. Um, I know. That's a tough one. Given that I like more rock and blues-oriented riffs, yeah. uh, it would probably have to say, if I'm looking at guitar-centric things, Pantera. I knew yeah. you were going to yeah. say Pantera. For sure. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm Slayer, yeah. just for the record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ryan yeah. is actually, uh, but I've seen his videos, <laughs> Ryan's an actual guitar player, unlike myself. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I just banged it and played fast and loud. R- Ryan can actually play. But you were a vocalist, too. No. No? No, God, no. I but but he's still ended up with a microphone in front of him. How about that, huh? <laughs> yeah, I am yeah. a vocalist now. <laughs> I thought you sang in your bands. No. Nah, I don't sing. I, no. I, I mean, I do run my mouth all the time. That, that's uh, you, you, would think I, you would think I'd be the singer. You're but, very good but, at that. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, we should get a uh, worker's mic guitar band going. Yeah, like a little uh, power trio, yeah. or, right? Or uh, like maybe have a actually just a band band. The problem is Ryan would make me look bad, yeah. and therefore we can't do that. I would just pull you up, man. That's it. <laughs> I would just pull you up. And there's, well, there'd be something musically you brought to the table. Thank so. you so you can much. Play, you can play rhythm. He'll play lead. I actually own amplifiers, so I could bring my yeah. amplifiers. That's very good. I Thank play you. a little too. You have, you I, have could, cables too? I could be like uh, Little Steven in the E Street Band now, where like there's there's six guitars on stage. It's like, what are you even bringing to the table anymore? But, Is yours uh, even on? Yeah, I'll run a do rag. So that's pretty funny. So Ryan, in all seriousness, um, you, you just said something off the air that I, th- I think it was was telling. Uh, you know, we we're talking about how you got the job in the city, right? Right. How'd you get the job? Because right. the city, by the way, city of Chicago jobs in in our world are not easy to get they're not they're not and there's they're, a, coveted. they're, they're coveted they're, right? they're coveted and um and i don't know if a lot of people believe me when i tell this story but i mean le- legitimately how i ended up working at the city of chicago which was a blessing um was uh, a family friend uh i would say my a, a friend of mine who passed his mother called me and she always kind of looked out for me and things like that and i just moved back from boston and she's like uh you know Hey, moron, you should go apply for this job. She works at the city, and she's like, um, you know, she's like, but you're probably too dumb to get it anyways, but this would be great for your daughters and your family and this and that. So I applied, and I looked at it. It was like, wow, this is a really, really wonderful opportunity. And she's like, apply and forget about it. And I did. You know, I applied, got the stuff in, and then, like, it was like four, five, six months later, I got a phone call and um, started working there. So I get there, and... um, affiliate into my union and and do all that stuff and um she uh calls me and she's like well now that you're here um you know make sure you go to your union meetings that's you know don't 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 be that guy you know show up and participate and you know give back and do that stuff so i so what started as like i'm like well this was a substantial increase in my my way of life i'm like i can give one night a month to this thing um to go to a union meeting to go to a union meeting yeah right and and i started going and then when you're there, you'll folks, you'll see there's like there's always need for volunteers and things like that. So then you know the one night turned into maybe uh, one night plus uh, of Saturday afternoon into you know uh, more things and more things and then you know like I said here here I am today sitting with <laughs> with you gentlemen. Um, so that's exactly how it went and um, you know at that time I and mean, I think this is relevant you know. I, Growing up in the city, you know, you're right. City job, it's it's always coveted, and yeah. the opportunity to serve the public was something I always like identified with as like something noble. And um, and at that time, our governor was Bruce Rauner. So as soon as I kind of got my legs under me, started Yikes. figuring out how a union works yeah. and how our unions work, and 
um, there, he's th- there's this it. governor <laughs> trying to break that, all that up, yeah. and I'm like, well, I've been waiting my whole life to get here, and yeah. whoever this guy is, like, that's not happening. So, um, but obviously, you know, there was a massive effort um, behind that because he was uh, very anti. Uh, very anti-union, very anti-worker, um, and and very anti-public sector worker. Um, well, he, yep. he gave us a Janus case. He did. He did. Right? Yes, he did. No question about it. But yep. we, we we beat the snot out of him, and everything he tried to do failed miserably. I remember going to meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting throughout the, <laughs> throughout the state when he's trying to pass his agenda and just packing these rooms. And you know, it just uh, did not go well for Mister Rauner because he no, under, he underestimated the power of labor in Illinois. He packed and, it up. Yeah, boy, he packed it up, and he left well so. those uh crispy carhartt coats and those, yeah. uh, the and, motorcycle and, jacket and the motorcycle jacket uh, with 10 million pins <laughs> yeah. and, and the accent that would change when he dropped below i80 oh, yeah. like all oh, that was the most disingenuous it thing it ever seen. was so it's, that's it's, a great story or, or, no it's, yeah. it's, i mean because it, it explains that some people have that misconception of oh you gotta know somebody like no i mean you first to get a city job into to show that yeah it's it's merit-based system you don't have to know something to get that and then to work your way through the system in the union and become a representative at your young age hey opportunities there man i think that's yeah. exactly right and if you take the opportunity and like you do exactly what kind of you know what ryan just described is to give back and start and go to your union meetings and then volunteer and get involved it is your working life mm-hmm. and then you know who knows uh, you know if it's something that people are interested in learn about your union learn about the past you know i mean the machinists are have always been in my humble opinion a militant union you know they sued mel gibson once for <laughs> a movie he made a, an alleged defamatory statement in a movie and you know in movies they'll usually like make up a, a union like you know the machine work united yeah. or whatever but yeah. this time they actually said the machinists <laughs> really yeah, yeah this is in the 90s it was that's some awesome. movie about airlines yeah. and so the machinists sued i think mel gibson in the studio i don't believe they won um beginning but, of his downfall yeah well he's certainly <laughs> that, still that was, still that was the real still falling. Yeah. Yeah. Falling. yeah he can't fall fast enough in my opinion but i mean it was just so funny the machinists like literally just like yeah we're gonna sue the studio and yeah. it was like something cr- so i i appreciate that i've always thought of the machinists as a, a militant union and you guys are you had a strike recently i know it wasn't your local or your lodge but it was a strike in wichita wasn't there yes yes uh it was spirit aero systems and it was i believe local 839 out of district 70 in, um, wichita, in, kansas. in, in wichita kansas which, by the way, is not the hub of labor activity. Absolutely not. Yeah, I know. Right. And so, and what are the, what happened? They make uh, parts for planes, correct? Yeah. So, Spirit Aero Systems. Um, you know, I'm again not involved with that with that neck of the woods, but I, it was exciting to read about the work that was done there because um, Spirit Aero Systems turns out is responsible for I think making like seventy percent of uh, Boeing airline parts uh, and or airframes things like that yeah. for like the 787s and, and and different things different planes that they manufacture and um you know time came up in this very very uh, explosive job market to negotiate a labor contract yep. and um you know those workers there um voted that contract voted the the tentative agreement down that was presented to them and they went on strike and then what they then what how long did the strike last um, it was a it was a shorter strike. I yep. believe they went on strike June twenty fourth, and I think they got out on July or they went back to return to work on July fifth. Okay, I mean you're still missing a, you're still missing a couple of weeks of pay, sure, which takes a while to make back up. Right, but my understanding is they walked away with like a twenty three percent pay increase and cost of living bonuses per year and a three thousand dollars signing bonus and protected everything they wanted. And by the way, where were the line of of people waiting to take your job, uh, Spirit Aero Systems? You know, like where. 
Where were they? Exactly. Uh, where, where, where are all the immigrants that yeah. are trying to take a job? Yeah. Why don't you bring in some kids from Iowa, for Christ's sakes? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so that it, in the skilled trade or something like that, you, you don't just walk in and replace people, no. right? Jumbo not anymore. Scabs, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not anymore. <laughs> That's exactly right. So they, should, they showed their strength. And, and Absolutely. And, you know, maybe in a place like Kansas, you know, folks, the, it, it might not be the most popular thing in your own community to right. to go on strike. Yeah. So that meet that that adds to like how serious that is because it's not easy to do. Uh, the sentiment there may not be very supportive. Um, yeah, but, you, the, but these people took that into consideration mm-hmm. and still made the choice to say this isn't enough. Yeah, you know we were. I think they were through contract through the like part of or most of the pandemic. Right. Um, you know, and so now this was their chance. Like a lot of people right now, a lot of contracts were negotiating. This is their first hand chance to, to negotiate their working conditions over everything that went on the last four or five, three years. Sure. And and things need to be done yeah <laughs> so. yeah I listen i think you know you make a good point it's, it's easy for us to sit here in chicago and say you know hey there's gonna be a strike and then we'll have a thousand people out on a, a picket or a rally you know and uh, i know we'll be supporting the screen actors uh and after as well mm-hmm. but in the middle of wichita kansas mm-hmm. for those guys to walk out the epitome of right to work oh yeah. my gosh and I've, I've been out there it's you know i mean it's 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 nice but it's a big it's, city yeah, but there's but no union activity oh, gosh, gosh, no. Yeah. So, so, so that must have been tough for them and um and kudos to them for doing that um we we have to take a break ryan you want to stick around for the last segment we're going to talk about we're going to talk about actors and actresses well i think they call them actors now everybody's called everyone's everyone's an actor yeah Yeah, my my bad so we're going to come back we're going to talk about the screen actors guild strike um and uh ryan's going to stick around with us Uh, we'll be right back with the workers mic right here on 720 wgn you're listening to the workers mic powered by the midwest coalition of labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to the Workers' Mike right here on 720 WGN. Ken Edwards from the Midwest Coalition of Labor, Phil Davidson from the Mid America Regional, no, the Mid America Carpenters Regional Council. It's tough to get that one. And uh, Ryan Kelly uh, from the Machinist uh, Lodge 126 is still with us. Thanks for sticking around, Ryan. No problem, buddy. Yeah. And so we wanted to leave, leave with. Um, a discussion about the Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA um, and their strike and the fact that for the first time since 1960, I believe the Screen Actors, um, the actors and the writers, the writers are right. on strike yeah. at the same time. Yeah, because I think I read first time in 60 years. Yeah, so that'd be about right. Imagine that. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is going to be a slugfest. What do you guys think? It's going to be interesting. I mean, it's kind of, I think, sort of unprecedented. So I mean, given the current times and the current volatility, and, and it's it very well could be very yeah, long I mean, and you know, nasty. And I don't yeah. know enough about the entertainment Because the, the, the actors rarely go on strike. I mean, there's been writer strikes over the years. We've experienced some of them within the last decade. But for yeah. the actors that get involved, it's like, okay, it's getting real. Yeah. And, and obviously, neither side is giving an inch here. Especially if you listen to all the press statements, I mean, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't seem like it. No, and I think it's a, you know, like where we come from, it, you know, we go on strike, like you you just said, Ryan, like you go on strike at a, at a plant in Wichita where you have a skilled trade and, and a set of, you know, you, you're going to shut that plant down and it's going to hurt them economically, whereas 
it's a little bit more nebulous, I think, in entertainment now, mm-hmm. right? You have streaming. It's like, what happened to, well, you're a musician, like, what happened to music? Well, Spotify and streaming. Oh, yeah. Musicians' livelihoods just got decimated. Yeah, it was, it was a, until streaming really took hold, it was like, um, you know, I remember back to like 09, 08, 09, 10, where it was just massive, like, the big, the bigs, you know, buying up all the, the smaller labels yeah. and um, massive consolidation. No one knew how to monetize anything. And, right. and it was, uh, it was, it was pretty insane. And, and I think, you know, as people become more uh, able to produce their own content and do different things like that, the whole landscape is just changing on that. Stuff. Absolutely. It's, it is. it's wild. But, you know, these actors and, and, and the writers, you know, it brings so much to the table that, you know they should get what they what they deserve, and they should get what they demand. And obviously, people are like, "Oh my God, those poor millionaire actors!" But you know that's, that's one the, in in a thousand. The, or one yeah, in the, right. the top half of a percent. Yeah, right. not everybody. Yeah, yeah people, not everybody's Tom Cruise. And, right. and, no, you know. and that's what they're fighting for because yeah. I think is there like a hundred hundred sixty thousand members. So mm-hmm. you got to think maybe half a percent of them are like the millionaire celebrities that you see in movies. But there's a lot of people who are just working actors. Doing commercials here and there, doing bit parts. That's right. And yeah. do they serve to you know make a wage that can provide for their family? Yeah, or else there's just gonna be no acting profession anymore because you can't do that as a hey, this is gonna be a hobby, you know. <laughs> and I think that's what they're, they're they're fighting for. Of like, look, this is for the ninety nine percent of us who aren't millionaires right. who are trying to eke out a living doing this as a profession. And it's funny you should say hobby because like you know, same thing with like musicians, right? Like you know, I was like, oh, it's a hobby. If I make it, you know, that's you know, icing on the cake. But you know, why can't these jobs be a good, solid way to earn um, even a middle class living, right? Yep. Like you said, Phil, they like, were people. You know, do commercials or they'll do soap operas or mm-hmm. you know, a movie here or there, and you know, enough to to make a living from doing it, and and they deserve it. And I think that the studios want them to be a hobby oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. oh yeah, yeah. They're, well, they're gonna like, put, hey, yeah they're gonna push them down with individualism and like you could be the next star and, yeah like, all this different stuff and which is all you know some, some some regards okay fine but you know it reminds me this whole thing it's like i had a back uh before my union days it was like you know i had a customer uh that uh, was a a jingle writer uh-huh. You know, we got to talking about music yeah. one day and, and, you know, he, he was a jingle writer and he drove a very middle-class car and sure. he lived in a very middle-class home. And, uh, you know, I'd, he'd drop his car off for service or something like that. And then I would go, you know, bring him over to his place so he can con- continue working from home. And, um, he wrote things that we've heard sure. in commercials and right. stuff like that. And, it, you know, it, it kind of blew my mind at that moment in my life because I was like, oh, wow. Firstly, I was like, well, you don't have to be the rock star. I mean, you can just be a, yeah. a, a you know middle-class person working in this industry. And that's what I don't think people understand. And I hope people are, are conscientious of when they look at what goes on with the strike is that not everybody is the movie star. There's a lot of people underneath that that are just the waiter in the scene. That's and, right. And, and, you that's know, right. And, and those people are needed to make the production for the entertainment that we consume. Well, so it's funny you should say that. So this is a perfect segue because I asked this, this question to the head of the uh, 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 SAG after here in Chicago because one thing I saw on um, threads, not uh, not Twitter. Um, uh, You're a threads man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now a threads person. Um, the resistance. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> brought to you by Facebook, <laughs> by Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> so this, it was one of the guys from from SAG, and he was t- telling about uh, talking about one of the proposals from the studios. And one of the proposals from the studios was 
background actors um, should show up to work one day, get paid for one day, but the studio can scan their image and use it forever. Oh. Oh, no. Imagine that. That needs to be negotiated. <laughs> or should be. <laughs> but that was the studio's proposal. Right. That's, yeah. their, that's their AI breakthrough proposal. And this guy's like, you think that's a, a joke? It's not a joke. You imagine you're that that guy who plays the waiter or somebody's, you know, whatever, an extra, whatever it is that you do, right? Enough to eke out a living. It's basically a hologram at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What what about... That's insane. You you saw the thing about Sarah Silverman and some other people suing suing, that sort of ChatGPT, I believe, Yes, for um, stealing copyright material. And I think it's appealing to your legal knowledge. Is that something that could eventually take root? It it has to. And, and, you know, I'm sure Sarah Silverman is not doing this in a vacuum. Right. Right. She's got agents. She's got lawyers. But, you know, we talked about this in the past on this show. If you take somebody's likeness and their voice and then you manipulate it and, you know, you start to mess around with it, you know, when does it become an invasion of privacy? When does mm-hmm. it become a copyright, uh, you know, violation or trademark violation? And monetizing off their image. Of like course. They right. should get paid, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, look what they're doing, like, you know, when they have, like, Tupac show up, like, you know, from the from the <laughs> right. grave. Yeah. Is his family getting paid? I don't <laughs> I know. I don't know. I actually think in those situations they are. I think like, they are. Yeah. Yeah. As well, but, they should. The estate. But there's also, like, you know, like, deep fake. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. like, all oh, that. Which I mean, scary technology. There's, that, they're trying to legislate right now to make sure that that doesn't affect the next election. Yeah. So and, and, and they should. But back to the actors, you know, I, I think it's incumbent upon uh, SAG and the Writers Guild as well to get a, a consistent message out there as to what the strike is really about. Because sometimes it gets, a, like you said, it gets a little nebulous, right? You got to, you know, is it the strike of the millionaires? Or it's just like when baseball players go on strike, you yeah. know? It, it's, it's not. And, and they really need to, I think, uh, make sure that the, the public understands that message. Um, and as, a, as an interesting aside, Fran Drescher, the head of Screen Actors Guild, went to my high school. That's awesome. Yeah. And you not, don't not say. At the, not at the same time. No? Yeah, she was a little bit ahead of me. Okay. But, yeah, that's that's my claim to fame. I went to the same high school as Fran Drescher. Any, the, like, the younger nanny. siblings that you knew or anything like well, that? I don't know. I you guys were in the same I, circles? You, you think I remember high school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, uh, whatever. I was. Uh, I didn't remember for that reason, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> absolutely. You understand, Ryan? We'll ask, I, I we'll ask no understand. further questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, we, we wish the, the Screen Actors Guild, you know, Godspeed and, and good luck. And, and uh, you know, w- we want a successful and quick resolution to this. Um, I think it's going to drag out. Um, hopefully, we can get some of them on the air to, to ch- chat with us about That'd this. That'd be cool. Ryan, we really appreciate your coming on, dude. Hey, no problem. Yeah, Listen, it's yeah. always a pleasure, and it's really great to, to hook up with you guys and, you know, yeah, all good. the things we've done in the past and getting together. It's uh, sure. it's, it's great. Yeah, it's, and it's nice to see Cheers. what I would consider some younger folks in the labor movement, you know, taking hold and, and doing what you guys are doing. So I, I appreciate it. I know that Chicago Labor does as well. Um, so you've been listening to The Workers Mike. Uh, we will be back next week right here on 720 WGN. The preceding episode of The Workers' Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Workers' Mike, visit WGNRadio.com.